Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 15 of the Bible 2021 podcast. So we've made it through two weeks of 2021, and we are reading Mark chapter 11 today, and our focus is on praying effectively. Thank you for joining us for Bible 2021. We're a daily 10-ish minute podcast where we dig into the truth of God's Word by reading one chapter a day. Welcome to new listeners in Andhra Pradesh, India, Southeast England, Birmingham, Alabama, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Detroit, Michigan. Thank you all for listening and joining in. Our focus is on daily Bible reading and trying to discuss and ask questions of the Word of God and learn as much as we can. I would invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com. Contact us with comments and questions through our contact page. Check out show notes and transcript of the episodes there. And uh, you can go to Bible2021.com slash reading plan to get a PDF or a Word document of our reading plan. I would invite you to share the show on social media. Thank you to those of you that do that, like Nick Bejarano and others. And I would invite you to leave us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. Or Apple Podcasts, same thing. So Mark 11, it's an important passage. Even though Mark itself is shorter than Matthew and Luke and John, Mark's account of the life of Jesus expands at the end of his life and pays a whole lot of attention to the last few days before his death. And in this chapter, chapter 11, we see the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem riding on a donkey as the people acclaim him and cast down palm branches in front of him. And Jesus cleanses the temple in this passage, again displaying his passion and zeal for the house of God. And the chapter ends with Jesus confounding the scribes and Pharisees' attempts to challenge and interrogate him. But in the middle of all that is the most curious incident with this uh, fig tree. As my daughter Abby asked us tonight during Bible time when we read the passage, why did Jesus curse the fig tree if it wasn't in season? Well, that's a good question. It doesn't make a lot of sense in the text. And there has been a lot of speculation as to the answer because honestly, the Bible never fully explains the reasons behind Jesus's actions here. I've read two reasons that seem quite credible though. First, it would appear that fig trees in this region have more than one fruitful season and that there should have been edible buds on the tree if it were going to have actual figs during the season. In other words, even though the figs would not have been ripe and fully large yet, there should have been something at least edible on the tree at this point that you could pick and eat. And the fact that there wasn't showed that the tree was not going to be fruitful in its proper time. It was barren. Probably of deeper significance is fruitlessness itself. This fruit fig tree seems to be symbolically connected to Israel. And maybe you can compare this passage with John 15, 1 through 8, where Jesus talks about abiding in him. And it would seem that Jesus is teaching the disciples a strong but maybe veiled parable about the dangers of fruitlessness. Now that said, we're not going to focus too much on the fig tree today, but on the amazing teaching about prayer that Jesus gives after this episode. And we see two very important keys to praying effectively or praying um, in a way that receives answers from God in this passage. So let's read all of Mark 11, then we'll come back and discuss these two keys of prayer that Jesus is going to give us today. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever set. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it and we'll send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street tied by a door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they answered them, just as Jesus had said, so they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their colt clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields, and those who went ahead and those who followed behind shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And he went into Jerusalem and into the temple, and after looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, when they went out from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree with leaves, he went out to find if there was anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs, and he said to it, May no one eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. They came to Jerusalem, and he went into the temple and began to throw out those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple. He was teaching them, is it not written, my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. The chief priests and the scribes heard it and started looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was astonished by his teaching. Whenever evening came, they would go out of the city. Early in the morning, as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. They came again to Jerusalem. As he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came and asked him, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? Answer me. They discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, hmm. They were afraid of the crowd because everyone thought that John was truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) So I love that ending there, how uh, Jesus kind of puts those guys in the place. So back to prayer, though. Key number one, according to Jesus, in effective prayer is faith that doesn't doubt. Now, verses 22 and 23 here are some of the most challenging teachings of Jesus in the entire Bible. He says, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. 
Now, that's a struggle verse for many, and I can understand why, but I take it at face value. Jesus is saying here, I think, that if one prays with perfect faith and zero doubt, very challenging when you're talking about casting a mountain into a sea, that miracles will happen. Thus, Jesus could curse a fig tree and it die, and thus could Jesus call the dead and rotting Lazarus out of his tomb, and he responded being perfectly restored to life because Jesus prayed with zero doubt and full faith. Now, there are other keys to prayer as well given in the Word of God, including asking according to God's will, as we see in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, which says, This is the confidence we have before God. If we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And we can conclude from that that everything Jesus prayed for was according to the will of God when it was answered. So this tells us that a lack of faith without doubting is not the cause of every unanswered prayer we have. But Jesus here in the Mark 11 passage is telling us that faith is a key. How can we have increased faith? Well, the obvious biblical answer is that the Word of God brings faith. According to Romans 10, 17, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Well, key number two in effective prayer, according to Jesus, is perhaps a little surprisingly forgiveness. Now, here is our key verse of the day, Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. This the fact that this is a 10-ish minute podcast does limit our ability to dive deep to the deepest depths of these truths, but we should learn from Jesus here that faith and forgiveness are two massive keys to answered prayer. So let's close with some wise words from John Amazing Grace Newton pointing us to the power and necessity of forgiveness. He says, This sense of God's goodness and the continual need you find of his renewed mercy from day to day will soften your spirit if you are a believer, disarm and gradually weaken every proud thought that would plead for the exercise of anger and resentment towards those who have offended you. You will be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You will put on the bowels or the internals of meekness, long-suffering and compassion, forbearing and forgiving, if you have anything against any, because God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. If you find this practice difficult, it is owing partly to the remaining depravity of your nature and partly because you have had but a faint sense of his mercy. Therefore, pray for a more powerful manifestation of it, and you will do better. Mercy will be your delight. Well, amen. That's a that's a quote from John Newton worth rewinding and listening to again. Let's close with Mark 115, our Bible memory verse for January. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. May the Lord bless you, friends. Good day and Godspeed.